Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Two, one, two, three, four. Huh? I'm just joking. Welcome to Light the Fight. Ky- <laughs> Kylie. Hey, I'm, I said Kylie, but Heidi Swap, David Kozlowski. Nice to hey meet guys. you, Heidi. Hey, hey, guys. It's my first time. <laughs> yeah, it's her first time. No joke, you guys. We've got a new version of Heidi Swap with us. So maybe I should call you Kylie Swap. I don't know. Hopefully. Actually, I have a sister-in-law named Kylie, so it'd be confusing. Well, there. Okay, okay. So well, Heidi I Swap. Stick. <laughs> I see that's what happens when I'm trying to start off with a funny because you're always telling me to sing and I don't sing and I pretend to sing. <laughs> I can rap, but I'm I really not good at that either. So I know if you know it's going to be good when da- if David's like in the hype for singing or cheering or rapping any of that. That's what we like. That, that, that is very very true. Well, we'd like to start off this episode by telling you guys thank you for being with us on this wild ride. We've got Light the Fight 3.0 coming down the pipeline. <laughs> Next month, we are going to be celebrating our third year, official three years completed, not starting three crazy. years. It's crazy. Completing three years, which is crazy. And with the three years, we got some cool announcements we'll be making, got some great things going, and low-key, I think we're going to start really taking this serious. So tune in for that, you guys. <laughs> We're gonna really take this show on the road. You got all, all joking aside, so much is happening. We won't get into right now. So much is happening that Heidi and I and Brandon were sitting there looking at each other, like, so I guess we're gonna have to really take this serious because this was just a hobby. We didn't mean to this to be a serious podcast. In fact, every week Heidi's like, We still have people listening. All right, I guess we'll do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I think that whenever I have to get serious about anything, it starts becoming not as fun. Not that, not that it's always been super fun, but <laughs> I mean, you know, feeling our feelings is, is a good time. Right. But if we're going to get serious about this and I got to, I don't know, I got to start, I don't know, making an outline or something. You think we're ever going to do that, David? You think we'd ever like make an outline? Well, I got napkins we can write on. <laughs> so yeah, of course, I'm just not, I, I don't know about outline making, but we'll see. We'll see what your what the next year brings. Well, what will come our third year anniversary. Well, you guys just tune in and and wait to see what we have to talk about. So uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I know Heidi is starting to believe my sales pitch after all these years for a while. She's like, David, but you know, I'd say, Heidi, why don't we do this? She's like, but David, here's 13 reasons and 14 reasons why this could go wrong. And then she gave them all to me. Okay, got a good point. But now Heidi's like, I don't know if I have any more reasons to, you know, pump the brakes. I think we just need to let the gas pedal go now. Oh man, you guys, this podcast has been such a powerful tool um, for me in my life. And um, you know, I just love it when I hear from those of you who are listeners. And what's interesting about this podcast is because people who need it 
find it, it gets recommended to you. And so, you know, depending on what you're going through, um, you kind of miraculously sort of get, find these little nuggets. And it's, um, it's exciting for me when people um, gain those nuggets and then come to me and tell me why. Uh, how that's influenced them and um and I'm thankful for it you know um and who doesn't I, like nuggets right no we all like nuggets that's right all <laughs> <laughs> uh, joking aside I'll joke aside that reminds me of one of the best conversations I ever had with Corey it was about chicken nuggets kid that kid liked himself some nuggets Excellent. He didn't like my special sauce where I mixed the sweet and sour and the honey mustard. I'm like, you got to try it. You got to try it. He came back. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like that one. I'm like, maybe it's just a boomer thing. Maybe it's just me. It's just an older <laughs> sauce combination. But we talked a lot about different various sauce combinations. So yeah, the nuggets were uh, something he and I have in common. Because this day, my wife, we drive by a McDonald's. She looks at me. She's like, don't even think about it. <laughs> I'm like, but babe, they well, still do, got 20 packs. Do you remember... Do you remember what Corey's favorite thing at McDonald's was? The McBitchin. Other than other than the Shamrock Shake. The McBitchin, um, right? The, yes. Yes. The McBitchin, of course. Yeah. He, I mean, for me, he called it the McSnitch. The McSnitchin. The McSnitch. McSnitchin. Because um he, you know, because I didn't let him he knew, sweat. he knew your well, he knew your virgin ears couldn't handle it. I was back then I would maybe freak out on him. If he, if he would have said that, but for those of you who don't know, uh, McBitchin is actually, oh, yeah, you you gotta buy, explain it to some people. <laughs> when you buy a cheeseburger or a quarter pounder and a spicy chicken and you take the lid off the quarter pounder and you put the spicy chicken inside and then mm. put the lid back on and you just eat the whole entire thing. And what's funny is it was mm. like, I think it was like last week I walked in and Colton was eating one. Um, and I hadn't seen that for a while. And it was, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a masterpiece. So, you know, what I just thought of, I don't think McDonald's sponsors any podcast that I'm aware of. Brandon, <laughs> put that down on the, on, on the bucket list. <laughs> Let's say McDonald's, we just need you to sponsor a podcast just once. And we don't even need you to sponsor a podcast. We just want the McBitchin to sponsor the podcast. (laughs) Because you guys, if you've ever been to In-N-Out and they have something called Animal Style, it's not necessarily a secret menu. The McBitchin got so popular, they just started serving them. There's like, here you go. I mean, it's not on the menu, of course, but you know. But everyone knows what it is. So you got to Everybody knows what it is. It's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Oh, so we're doing a podcast. Okay, back to the podcast. So. You know, you guys, um, I just want to let you know up front, today's podcast is titled, If Only Love Were Enough. In fact, that'd be a good duet song, right? <laughs> if only love were enough. And I it just so there probably is a song, I mean, it, it does fall in Valentine's Day. So I think, you know, everybody's talking it's about fitting. love and thinking about love. So that's where it um, falls in. But it's not necessarily like all about love. This is about more than love when love isn't enough. And I'm going to start out by saying, David, you were right. And uh, I'm, I'm know, listening. Hold on, hold on. I'm listening. Go ahead. As you know, 
I usually doubt everything that David says. That's kind of generally the how we operate. That's the go-to. The go-to. David tells me something and I doubt it. it. I don't do it. See the until good float when you poke holes I in it. Really, really have to, and then I try it. And more often than not, I will admit that Dave was right. But there is something, and those of you who listen a lot, listen to us, know that there's something that David teaches that I absolutely hate. Wait, just and one thing? What, what the most. Okay. The thing that I hate the most, even more than when you made me stop asking questions, because that was really super hard. I hated that. But the thing that you've that you've taught and that you've harped on for years that I still have not grown accustomed to. And um, I don't know anybody who likes it. I mean, maybe people do, but what I'm talking about is video <laughs> journaling. Okay. So really super quick in like 10 words or, you know, 10 sentences or less, just explain to the people who are new what a video journal is. And then I'll tell them why I hate it, but you can go. A video journal, in short, is where you use the cell phone in your hand that's always in your pocket right next to you as a tool, as just like a journal. So you're recording yourself with your video camera and your cell phone. And instead of writing down in your, you know, in your journal, which I'm not against video, like normal journaling, it's just a different processing in your brain, right? Um, but it takes a lot of time. And writing, it's a different way that your brain, like, for example, you have a thought. You say, okay, well, let me write about my day. Okay, well, I went to the grocery store. I did this. And, you know, I ran an old friend that was great. So as you're writing, went to the grocery store, did this, whatever, ran an old friend. We had a good conversation. I mean, in that timeline for you to write that out, it could take 20, 30 minutes. Like if you really gave some texture and some detail to it, mm -hmm. right? And then you close the book and... You know, if you went back, you know, a couple weeks later or a couple months later, you read it again, I'm like, oh, that was really great. I'm glad I treasured that moment because that person was special to me and glad I ran into him, what have you. Video journaling is similar to that, except the only difference, well, the major difference is when you open up the video. The painful difference. You get to see what you look like when you're talking about things that move your meter. When you start talking about subjects that are close to the heart, subjects that are, um, it, it could even be something good, something that's like really just you're passionate about. You're watching yourself on the video camera and you're going, huh, you're a spectator. You're going, this is interesting. I thought that I didn't care much, or I thought I cared about this a little bit, but obviously, because everybody knows, well, the video camera doesn't lie. I was going to say the camera doesn't lie. Selfies are proof that cameras can lie. You just get the right <laughs> angle, right? But the video camera filters. does not, yeah, the, it filters. The video camera does not lie. Because when you see yourself passionate, when you see yourself sad, when you see yourself frustrated, confused, hurt, down, nervous, curious, every single one of those feelings has a face that has a, a like a, a a disposition and energy to it. So you're hearing the words instead of seeing them. You're seeing the actions and you're seeing the body language instead of trying to remember what you look like at that time. 
And throughout the years, you know, I started this with teenagers that were just, I mean, like everything I figured out with teenagers was out of complete desperation. You know, when I started, you know, 22 years ago now, you open up the the psych books from your college days to try to help a teenager in the middle of a session. That doesn't work very well. Like, hold on a second. I know somewhere in here on Google, there's <laughs> there's an answer to this. And they're sitting there looking at you going, really? Like, you're just going to look for an answer to help me, right? Like, aren't you a professional? So I started taking some risks and trying some crazy stuff. And fortunately, teenagers are used to taking risks and doing some crazy things. After I started to see the success with teenagers, first I tried it on myself. I, I always have to try it on myself because otherwise, you know, you'll see that I'm full of you know what. If I haven't done it myself and haven't seen it works, teenagers started using it. It evolved over time. The brave adults, not as many adults, on I probably maybe 20% of the adults that I've taught this to did it freely. The other, you know, another 30% I had forced them to do it. And 50% like Heidi said, mm, yeah, right. You couldn't pay me to do this. Wait, I'm supposed to look at a camera. By the way, have I told you I hate looking at myself in camera? Like Heidi loves to, when I say loves me, she'll get up and speak like nobody's business. But if you tell her now, Heidi, let's replay what we talked about. You're like, Heidi, Heidi, Hi, oh, no, Heidi. Here's, how, where, here's where did the Heidi thing. go? Here's the thing. If I'm camera, which I am a lot for my business, right? I'm I'm doing videos, I'm filming tutorials, whatever it is. I want to look good. I want, you, you know, usually like I got to get my nails done. I got to get my hair done. I got to go get yeah. a new outfit. I got to make sure that my outfit matches my project. You want it to look good, right? But what David was teaching me was that when I was freaking out, when I was upset, when I was emotional, that's when I was supposed to, to do this video. Well, um, no, thank you. But no. <laughs> so, so here's what happened. You mean and it's hard this to look good while you're crying? Continue. Yeah, it is. And you don't, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to remember that, you, you know? So here's what happened. And it's not an actual video journal experience, but it's actually so, okay. So you know how we always talk about like, okay, if you, if you're suffering emotionally, there's not an x-ray that can see that. And so you can look at somebody and you can't really tell. Whereas like if somebody loses weight, like, it's the beginning of the year. So we see a lot of these transformation photos, right? This is me with 60 pounds down or whatever. I wish, you know, um, but with our emotions and with our, our mental health, there's, there's not a way to like take a picture and say, Oh, this is when I looked good. And this is my transformation, right? You don't really see this is what I look like when I'm freaking out. This is what I look like when I'm calm. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm telling you is that, so we're coming up, um, Corey passed away in 2015 and in the summer of 2016, it was about a year after Corey passed away about a year before we started working together to do the the podcast. Um, I was invited by LDS living to come and do a little video about suicide prevention. And it was, it was in July that we filmed it and they were working on a project for, for suicide prevention month that would be in September. And, um, I agreed to come and immediately, like we're driving down there, I made Eric come with me and I was having like high levels of regret. And um, I was thinking to myself, 
why why did I agree to do this? And um, they're like, okay, it's going to be like a two minute video. I didn't really know what we're going to talk about, but I go into the studio and they just start, we just start talking. We're talking about Corey. We're talking about um, what happened where we kind of go through. And I was there for about 45 minutes to an hour, I think doing this interview. And they said, you know, we're going to take this, all this stuff and we're going to condense it down to about four minutes. And I had no idea what they were going to take from it. Um, there was times during the interview that I felt, you know, like I, I wasn't crying. And then the rest of the time <laughs> I was super emotional and I felt, um, I felt bad. I remember feeling bad that I couldn't control my emotions better. I mean, you guys know if you're listeners here, you guys know that I'm not great at controlling my emotions. So even hoping that I would was fruitless, but I remember when the video came out and it was like 19 minutes, 26 seconds. And when you upload a video to YouTube, um, if you don't know how to go into the software and pick the screen grab that, that it picks, then you just get this randomized image. And I don't know how their software does it, or I don't know if they've got bots or little micro organism humans. I don't know how they absolutely can pick the worst screen capture of any on any planet. But you guys, well, you if you if you go to YouTube and you Google Heidi Swap suicide, it'll come up. And when you see the screen grab, you will go cry for me. You'll little, know little why. shame, little shame bots. They are, they're shame bots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it found the worst, most distressing image that that's the screen grab for this video. And when I saw that, I just was like, oh my gosh. Took me a year to watch the video because I was so afraid and mortified. And I'm getting people that are like emailing me about the video and and I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. Well, fast forward about a week ago and I got a text message from somebody that I know and the, the photo that I got was this person taking a picture of their child watching the video on YouTube. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's watching that, you know, and, and they kind of shared with me some thoughts about that. And and based on the things that they shared with me, I thought I probably should watch that video because I I have no idea what I said. And so I waited until everybody was gone out of my house. Like Eric went to work, kids went to school, everybody was gone. And I pulled up the video and I watched it. 19 minutes of sheer torture. Um But here's what happened. Um, just like David said, when I watched myself talking to the camera, I could remember exactly what I felt like. And even though there's no like before and after of emotional health, there's no like 
transformation picks. In my mind's eye, in my heart's eye, <laughs> hearts have eyes, um, I could see the transformation that had happened. And, you know, in that video, I talked about how devastated we were. I talked about Corey, but I typed up some of the things that I said in that video, and I, I want to read it to you. This is kind of towards the, this is the last 10 seconds, the last 20 seconds of the video. And this is what I said. This is what came out of my mouth. I said, I feel like it's so important for me to be open about suicide because nobody is immune. It's real. Right now, I don't know if there's anything I could have done to prevent it. I tried. Knowing more knowing how to talk to somebody, I still don't know, period. That, that was the end of the video. The video ended with me saying, I still don't know. And I remember how that felt to very genuinely to my core, I did not know what to do. I did not what, know what could have been done. I did not know how to talk about suicide. I did not know how to address some of these hard stigmatized conversations in my home. But one thing I knew was that it was important to talk about it. When I looked at that video and I said those words, I still don't know. And I could fast forward to me right now. And I can tell you that I don't, I don't, I don't have answers to all the questions. There, I don't have a magic pill. There's not a potion. But I know how to show up. I know how to be real. I know how to start conversations. I know how to have conversations. I know how to be in a relationship. Oh man, you guys, I, I wouldn't say that I'm there, but it was like looking at this massive transformation of me for the, so back, and, and this is where the title that we we're talking about, if, if love were enough, back then, I really felt like I loved him. I loved Corey with all my heart. I, I was his mom. I, I was doing these things. I, I loved him and I must not have loved him enough. 
or he didn't know that I loved him enough. And the reality is, if love were enough, there would not be suicides happening. There would not be people suffering, feeling alone. But this isn't about love. It's about relationships. 100%. And so multiple things kind of hit me there where, where I was at. Number one, kind of where I am as a person after having gone th- after having gone through this after six years, um, being doing this podcast and, and where I am now as hopefully a mentor, a support at the very least to, to any other parent that's struggling. Um, the first thing is that sharing our hardships help us to to move through the pain. So the fact that um, I've had this opportunity to talk about it, to talk about it with David, to share it with you guys, to do that whole like pain to purpose situation where I have slowly chipped away at the shame to where it transitioned from shame to knowledge. And when shame becomes knowledge, there's, there's power there. When you stop letting the shame be in charge and you start to acknowledge your truth in that shame and how it's actually made you stronger or or you understand it better. um, That's the absolute shutting down of the shame is taking that and, and actually acting from it, from, from that knowledge and understanding. And, you know, as I listened to myself talk about Corey, um, there was this really important reminder that I got that, that I think, I need to remind myself or or remind all of us that I think is so important. And that's asking for help. Um, I talked about this a little bit in that video and, and I want to encourage you to go watch the video because it's actually really interesting to, to, if you've been a listener to kind of, um, see the differences now. Um, But Corey didn't want to ask for help. He really felt like this was his problem. He needed to figure it out. And um, I think reminding people that we're there for them and also allowing other people to help us 
is critically important. And, and that, I think that ties in a lot to um, connection, but sometimes we think that just loving people just like, of course I love you. You're my child. Of course I love you. You're my spouse. Of course I love you. You're my sister, my mom. Taking it a step further to either number one, actually helping people, being willing to help them, letting them know you're willing to help them, that you want to help them, looking for ways to help them. And then the other side of the coin is allowing people to help you. Um, As a mom, as a parent, you know, it's one thing to kind of ask your kids to do chores, get out there and pick up the dog poo or, you know, get down there and clean up the kitchen before you go to your friend's house. But what if we were really able to transition to, here's what I really need. Would you help me with this? What can I really help you with? And start really legitimately on a, on a really, um, authentic level being there for each other as as in these relationships um so that there's just a reduced fear in asking for help needing help being willing to really actually support somebody when they when they need it um it's scary to ask for help it's scary to need help But a lot of the times the help that is needed is just to be real in in a conversation, admitting, being able to admit what's wrong, having somebody just genuinely listen and not need to solve the problem, just just listen, just be there. Right now, 2021, there is nobody that doesn't just need a listening ear, just needs somebody to be there, not be judgmental, and just listen. Let them complain. Let them be upset. And give them the honor of not even solving their problem, not even knowing how to solve their problem, but just reminding them that, yeah, that is a freaking, that is freaking hard. I'm really sorry you're going through that. I really believed that I needed to know everything, knowing what to do, like knowing how to solve the problems. That was how I were like my my badge of honor as a as a mom and you know just like in that the last little bit of that video when I said I still don't know it's actually okay to not know all the answers as long as we're really willing to just be there just be in the trenches with each other. Anyway, I know that was kind of like me going off. Um, I'm really thankful for what I have learned. 
And I'm really thankful that there's a lot less freaking out. doesn't mean I'm perfect. Um, but as parents, we have so much influence on our families. We have so much power to create better relationships. And we have the opportunity to just take up that power. Um, as we learn to, to do better, we can be better. And um, coming to a, a podcast like Light the Fight, asking for help, seeking out support, that is the very best thing that you can do. Um, and if you will like genuinely want to learn, that learning is out there and that change will happen. And it doesn't happen super quickly. The changes are small, but um, but they're they're powerful. And I think that when you get one of these moments where you can kind of see how far you've come or see those changes in your relationship, take a minute to point them out to the people that you're in those relationships with and recognize just the good places, you know, or recognize the places that you wish it was better and talk about it. Because if love isn't enough, having conversations, being real and vulnerable and working together will be. And, uh, I think that it was good for me to look back and really see the changes and also what stayed the same, you know. I feel really lucky that I get to that I got to kind of see that contrast in myself. Yeah, it was definitely an unintentional video journal. Right. But it it's still the same thing. You, you captured that moment, the feelings, your eyebrows, your like your facial expressions, and you're like, "Wow, that's me," but that's a different me. That's not the same me. Thank heavens. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you're wearing a different outfit too. All those years ago, right? Right, right. The hair is still still the same. Same hair, haircut. You know, I, I Heidi, I. I Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Cause as we started to talk before the podcast, I'm like, oh, that, that, like say that on the podcast. Cause like that, that's what, that's what our need, listeners need to hear today. And that's also what I need to hear today too. Cause you know, me, I've got big dreams and hopes and I've just been, you know, I'm sitting here going, if there's, if there's a chance. So Heidi's like, so you're saying there's a chance. And what I mean, you're saying there's a chance you guys, what we've done with light the fight with as much resistance from shame, <laughs> from life, from pandemic. In fact, we should do an episode of how to make a successful podcast meet its bare minimum. We could do a really good. So if any of you out there have a podcast that you want to like, just really just keep it down and not let it, you know, explode and grow. We can teach you how to do that, but all joking aside, Heidi, it's, it's great to hear you say that because it's just, it's time. 
you know, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since uh, Corey's passed, but it's also been a long, okay. It's also been a lot of space and time for you to kind of figure out what to do with that. Because you know what you didn't like about it, obviously, you know, the pain, you got really familiar with all those things. And you know that the relationships that this opened up to your life, and you're blessed and thankful for. Bless, bless sorry, you. I said bless you to me. Anyways, um, you know that how thankful for you are for how many people have come into your life because of that. So you know all these relationships, all these connections. Think of all the conversations, even outside the podcast, you've had with people, the help you've helped with them, and the help they've helped you by trusting you with opening up to you, right? Like, so you know all those things, but really the next level is now, okay, now where do we point the ship? Now that you got it out of the harbor, now that the anchor's pulled all the way up, now where are we gonna sail? And I, I'm I'm excited for what this next year is gonna bring for, for you, uh, for the podcast, and for all of our listeners as well, because I think most people know we don't wanna do a U-turn and go back to 2020 in any way, shape, or form. We wanna learn from those experiences, especially in our families and our relationships, and really just, you know, level up using the video game terminology, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and speaking of the love is not enough, um, if you, would you mind, Heidi, if I shared, I'm going to call it a hack, but I have a feeling that there could be a great crafting thing that could come out of this on your end. So <laughs> I'm giving you permission, Heidi, to use this in whatever way you want, if you think it's worthy of the Heidi. Okay. Okay. Thing. I'm excited. I've never shared this with you before, Heidi, but this is something I sporadically have told certain people in certain situations coming close to um, the holidays or Valentine's Day. You like going off of like love is not enough. There's a lot of people out there that have had many Valentine's days with their loved ones and just kind of becomes like, oh, go to dinner, uh, grab you some roses on the way home from the grocery store. You know, kind of just becomes a routine for some people because. You know, it's one of those holidays that just, you know, it's not Christmas, but it is supposed to be important, right? It's supposed to have love there, right? Well, for a lot of people I've been counseling throughout the years, they found themselves on Valentine's Day in kind of rocky situations with their loved ones. I'm speaking mostly about men. And they thought, gosh, you know, Dave, I don't really think my wife wants flowers this year. <laughs> I think she wants me to be a different guy instead. Right. And I'm like, whoa, that's that, that that's a lot more expensive than you know the the $12.99 or the $24.99 flowers. <laughs> like, yeah, you're telling me. And then I've had women come to me and said, you know what? I just I wish I could give my husband a dozen roses or something that signifies that, right? Like my my love. And so I came up with this thing a long time ago that I call instead of a dozen roses, a dozen reasons. So what, what I have people do, and this goes great for women because it's not typical that a woman, a woman would buy a man flowers. I'm sure some people do, but that's not usually the go-to, right? Um, and for some men out there, they can buy flowers, but the flowers wilt in just a few days, right? That, that's not a long lasting. It's like you throw them away, they start to smell and that it was great while it lasted, but there's just something missing from that. So what, how this works is you come up with 12 things. significant loved one is worthy of love and admiration from not just you, but their family, your friends. If you got kids, if you got like, 
anyone that you've seen interact with your significant other, the reasons why people admire them, look up to them, value them, and appreciate them in their life. Now, this is very important. Not 12 reasons why, 12 reasons why I love you. You cook me dinner or you do this, you do like, that's very kind of surface, like, hey, this is why I love you. Things you probably said before. But if you say, here's 12 reasons why everybody loves you. In the years I've given this to people, the feedback that I've gotten from the women, men, you know, what have you, you know, what everyone said is, is something very interesting happened. You don't usually get compliments for why you're deserving of being loved and why people have always looked at you with admiration. You do get like, I love you so much. You know, you're, you know, I couldn't be the same without you get personal things. And from the people that gave me the feedback, they said that was more powerful because as you grow in life, it's more than just flowers. As relationships go on, it's more than just the cute little one-liners, even though everybody likes those. I'm not disrespecting those at all, but sometimes it's good to have something that really like is a timestamp of that time in your relationship. So imagine you put that on some sort of plaque or you print that out you say here, and you can put roses on it, but a dozen reasons. <laughs> you can craft right? it. You can glitter it. You can, you can craft it. You can glitter it. Or if you're just a typical dude, you can just, you know, just, you can set it in a text, whatever have like you. You that. do your personality. But I'm telling you, man, I just gave this one to a gentleman this past um, week. And, you know, I think it's okay to say it. He's in, he's in treatment uh, for addictions. His wife doesn't want roses because if you've ever you know, known someone in the dog doghouse, it's really convenient if they can just do something to like make you not like forget about all the stuff you did and just a necklace, roses, whatever it is. But he was wise enough to say, Dave, I know she doesn't want roses. In fact, roses would be a slap in the face to her right now. That's the last thing that she needs and wants. She needs a new version of me. So I told him with this and he just went, that's genius. He's been working on it. He's like, and it helped him because Sometimes we think selfishly, like what someone does for us, but we don't think about telling them what they do for everyone. So I like that a lot. Yeah. And I do, I do think that there's some, there's some crafted, crafty Valentine. Oh yeah. I, I think there's, I think there's a space. This could become a thing. If, if you want to make it a thing for Valentine's day, I'm just saying it works so well with people. Just think about it. You're in Valentine's day. You've been there, done that. Man, it's those little things that you cherish. I, I don't remember what I what kind of flowers I bought the past 15 years for my wife, but my wife holds on to those little nuggets. Yeah. I'm like, okay, my man was doing something different, not a typical guy thing. And that makes you feel even that much more special. So if you want to try it out, if you're a wife out there and you want to make your, because by the way, women, I don't know if you knew this, men like admiration. Men like to be the hero. You ever heard of a game called Call of Duty? Yeah. They like to like win. Okay. Like I won, you know, I killed the enemy and I slayed the dragon. I did whatever. So if you tell them something like everybody at work likes this about you, not just me, that kind of hits home. I love that. That's a great idea. Great suggestion. Okay. So there's a little hot, there's a little Valentine's day hack for you there. I love it. That just uh, may be worth of the scrapbooking. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. Okay. There you have it. Happy Valentine's Day week. Whenever, whenever you're listening to this, may um, may you put your 
put action where the where the love is and tell people what you love about them. Uh, so awesome. Um, we want to thank you guys as always for being here. Thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. Thank you for making those little changes within you and that effort in your relationships. Um, and thank you for helping us to light the fight.